Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. We are talking about another White Sox loss, the third in a row, uh, second of the series. White Sox will be looking to avoid a sweep tomorrow against the Mets on the south side. Tony, this was another frustrating game. Hey, Johnny, uh, I just want to know what level of hell I'm in right now. Because, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of torture this is, but this is definitely a personal hell for me. Um, I don't know what I did wrong to deserve this, but this is bad. This is really bad. Well, well, I put it out with our caption this morning on our uh, when when we shared the episode, and I said the White Sox aren't allowed to have nice things. And I thought, you know, last night that was a pretty good representation of it. And our guy, uh, White Sox Sal, had said, "Hey, you guys could just run the same episode from last night for tonight. There wouldn't be any difference." Um, I agreed with him. So you're right. Um, we're not allowed to have nice things, Tony. Uh, we had talked about it actually just earlier today when we had said, you know, with. Anderson, Eloy coming back, Mancata goes out, and tonight we uh, have a nice thing in a Giolito start that was really solid. Um, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with DeGrom, Cy Young winner from last year, and it fell apart in the uh, later innings, and unfortunately with an Elks Calme on the mound. It, I agree with you. I don't know what we did to deserve this. Um, but a lot of folks will chalk it up to regression for Elks Calme there, but... Uh, there were other opportunities for the White Sox in this one. I uh, can't get it done. Um, run production has just been non-existent. I can't even say it's been, well, yeah, obviously it's bad, but it's pretty much just been non-existent uh, via the NBC Chicago uh, postgame show tonight. Um, the White Sox have the most in, of any team in baseball in July, 13 games with two or fewer runs. Uh, oh. That's bad. <sighs> Stuff that I don't want to hear, man. I don't, I got, I don't want. I, I don't want to hear it. Stuff for you later. Do I need to like line the beers up right now? You That's might want to do. Right, yeah. I'll line. I'll line a few beers up. This is gonna get fucking brutal. <laughs> I, I think we're already off to a brutal start, Tony. Um, we gotta start somewhere though. Uh, let's start with the starting pitchers. Uh, like I had mentioned, Jacob Degrom for New York, Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito had been sputtering a bit since the All Star break, but he came out strong tonight. If we're looking for a positive point here, Lucas Giolito, seven innings, three hits, only one run. Uh, it was earned three walks and nine strikeouts. Uh, and De- DeGrom matched those seven innings. He gave up five hits, one run. It was earned two walks, 11 strikeouts on his side. Um, so, I mean, it was a pitcher's duel. It, it was one to one after those guys came out of the game um, going into, you know, the seventh inning there. Um and definitely within reach, uh, the White Sox, uh, the, they scored their run on an Abreu sack fly in the third inning. Uh, they, I think they, you know, I talked about missing opportunities. They probably should add more that inning because Eloy came up with the bases loaded after that run was already in, and he struck out. And uh, Eloy has had a rough go of it uh, ever since returning. I know it's only been three games, but in just this brief two-game series, Tony, already seven strikeouts for Eloy. That's not good. No. And, and you know what? I'm sick of the same story over and over again that we've had here now for a few days. And, you know, can we do something besides a sack fly to get a run across the board? You know, and we can't even do that consistently. You know, can we can we get like a double or something to the gaps? Not how, many in July. Base, how many extra base hits did we have tonight? 
Goins, I, Goins had a double, and uh, Lurie Garcia hit a home run in garbage time in the ninth. Yeah, that's not getting it done. That's not getting it done. Goins is the only guy that's hitting hitting doubles right now. You got a problem. You got a big problem. Yeah. I, I mean, it's very so evident. Yeah. Um, so then in the seventh inning, uh, White Sox had a uh, another little chance here. Uh, not as great as that one in the third inning that I had just mentioned. But uh, Jay let off the single. Uh, then Timmy struck out. Then McCann singled. Um, so you got first and second with only one out. Yolmer strikes out. And then Lurie strikes out on a little bit of a close one. Um, catcher didn't field the ball uh, cleanly. And Lurie, it looked like he tipped it. I mean, I know we have replay and we can see a zoomed in and slowed down view and all that. It's tough for the ump to make the call on the field. But it uh, looked like he tipped it there. But nonetheless, still another strikeout. So you have two guys on there. Um, that just, you know, that doesn't help with your runners in scoring position or nope. your uh, men left on base totals there. Um so then uh, in the eighth, uh, you know, the, the White Sox, uh, Aaron Bummer came in then uh, and he was able to avoid any trouble there. Uh, and then we finally got to the Mets bullpen. And that was um, Wilson coming in for DeGrom. Uh, and this was the, oh, man, the John Jay should have been a single up the middle, but it hits off the umpire. So bases are loaded instead. Um, Tony, that play was just bananas. It's so White Sox as of right now. It's so White Sox. This whole week, I think the theme that we keep going back to is the White Sox can't have nice things, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is another prime example of the White Sox can't have nice things. That would have been a nice piece of hitting. Would have continued, you know, this inning along. Would have maybe started something a little bit more than they were able to put together. But no. The ball hits an umpire, and, and here we are. You know, it's it, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't, Johnny. It It's unfortunate. It, it's, a, it's a baseball play, but, um, you know, it just seems like when luck is not on the White Sox side, it's really not on the White Sox side. So... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to backtrack from that. Jay hit a little bit. So uh, Goins had uh reach on infield single to get that inning going. And then Abreu lined out. So there's one out Castillo pinch hit for Reed walked on four pitches. So Wilson didn't have it. He threw three straight balls to Eloy to start that at bat. And then Eloy ends up striking out in that at bat. And I believe I texted you. I said, well, I'm keeping my notes for this game. I'm just going to mark Eloy down as a strikeout right now because that's yep. the path that he's on. And I was like, oh, wait, never mind. Wilson can't find the plate when it was 3-0. and And then it gets back to 3-2. and And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't. Please don't. Please prove me wrong. Just walk. Just get on base. Keep the line moving. And what does he do? Strikes out. Uh, and I have to correct myself. That was a... Uh, that was six, six for Eloy, um, not not seven, uh, but still, that's that's ridiculous for two games. He had four last night. Um, so then th- that's an opportunity there. But anyway, then the J play happens that we had just mentioned. Um, uh, maybe Cano could have gotten to it. Uh, he's not that great with his range now um, at the age that he is. Uh, but you never know. You'd like to see it at least played out, uh, see what happens there. Um, but then there's an opportunity after that even, though. Bases loaded. Uh, two outs. Tim Anderson comes up. Um, I was hoping for the, you know, he was going to light a spark under this team. Tony, he was my pick the click for tonight, and uh, he grounded out easily. Uh, they got out of the inning, no problem there then. Uh, damage avoided. Uh, Kyle May comes in then in the ninth, and the wheels fall off. 
Um, Timmy maybe still thinking about that uh, ground out to end the inning with the bases loaded before. He makes an error on a fairly routine ball. Uh, he had it, kind of dropped it, and uh, it was a catcher running. The catcher. He had all the time in the world. Like, it, this is just so White Sox. I can't even, like, I, I have all these things that, like, it's hard to even, like, get all these out here. But, you know, and, and then the next play, uh, Davis almost doubles on the line. I mean, we got lucky on it there when Jay dove to the corner. And uh, the ball was called foul. I think that was just a can't prove it either way sort of deal. Um, but then he singled, and then Todd Frazier comes up and uh, hits the RBI single for the go-ahead run at the time. Uh, and then Conforto piles it on, get, extends that lead to 4-1 to one with a two-RBI single. And uh, Kyle May was pulled after that. Cordero win got out of that. And like I had mentioned in the night, that Lurie solo shot, that was it. Other than that, Sox are dead in the water. Um I'm going to get to my numbers here, and I know you're already, uh, I can see the, um, you're drained right now, the look on your <laughs> face. Uh, Socks in July now, because that was July 31st. So Socks in July. Wait, wait a second, why don't you just stab me a few times? Well, these are going to be, it's going to be a rapid fire of numbers that are just going to be repeated stabs to your uh, chest and stomach region. Okay, you ready for them? I'm ready to go. White Sox record in July, 7-17. and 17. Two series wins, one split, five series losses. 13 games with two or fewer runs, most by far in baseball. And now the White Sox are 500 at home. I believe it's 27 and 27. Uh, that was the only kind of, uh, I would say, you know, above 500 thing about the team. Uh, the home record before. Now it's 500, 27, 27. Um, and yeah. 1932 away from the road, so not great, Bob. This is bad. <laughs> this is real bad. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, yeah, things used to be a lot more positive around here. I don't know what happened. This is. I, I think I'm more frustrated about this team than I was last year for a lot of reasons. And one of them is, Johnny, is that they came out and they were so decent during the first half of this year. And they're not decent anymore. Things have just gone wrong everywhere. Uh, you know, the the first half that you got out of McCann looks like it, it never even happened right now. He's banged up. You saw him get like just absolutely destroyed over the past two nights. Um, and the average has just continued to tumble. He had a hit tonight, but struck, he still struck out twice. Uh, Moncada just can't seem to stay healthy, even though he's the best player on this team. Um, and when he's out of the lineup, like I, you know, I think I've talked to you about this before. You know, one of the players that when they're not in this lineup, it's like, you know, and you have tickets to the game. And you're there, and you realize that Yohan Moncada is not in the lineup that day. You kind of feel cheated because yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of the reasons that you show up to the ballpark to watch him play. Um, you know, so he's down, and now we we found out today IL stint going to be out for potentially two weeks. Um, you know, Tim Anderson, hot start to April. I know his numbers haven't really shown anything. Uh, that he's, he's, you know, not a 280 hitter at least, but 
Um, you know, right now, average 309. No hits tonight. Uh, struck out, leaving four runners on base. He's supposed to be that spark plug guy, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing showing there since he's returned from injury. Eloy looks completely lost ever since he came back from the elbow injury. You know, what's something that's in common that I've said about all three of those guys? Injury, injury, injury. Yep. You know, those are those are your three guys that make the Sox fun. All yeah. of them have been injured in the second half. Um, AJ Reed is an abomination, dude. Just absolute abomination. No idea what this guy's doing on this roster right now. You know, people want to go and complain about, you know, Daniel Palka being bad at baseball. How is this guy not getting more fire? And he's sitting there in your four spot. He's worse than Yonder Alonso. They, they DFA'd Yonder and ran him out of town to get the same thing, if not worse. You know, what's the definition of stupid? Repeating something yeah. over and over again and expecting different results. I, I can't. I can't figure out why Ricky wants to bat these guys who are batting sub 200 in the four spot. It drives me absolutely insane. Every time I see a lineup with something like this, and then you, you go and you pinch hit him for Castillo. It's like this, it's the same thing over and over yeah. again. He continues to try and fit a square peg into a round hole and it's like watching a baby try and just do it over and over and over again. You're like, this is never going to work. It's never going to work. Stop doing it. God, it, it drives me nuts. Stop it. Get yeah, some just, help. Please stop. Yeah, get some help. <laughs> the, the Michael Jordan meme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, no, seriously, you're just, right. Just, that, that is. I could, go da- I could go up and down this lineup right now and talk about something that's wrong with almost everybody. And, you know, Jose Abreu's regression is well-documented throughout Twitter. Just, you know, go look at his baseball reference page. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and then this is, this, this is the same guy that we're sitting here trying to, you know, convince ourselves that he's going to be a, a great guy to re-sign. Trade deadline's passed now. You're, you're not trading him. You haven't offered the guy a contract. So what are you doing? You know what I mean? What, what are you doing? Is he getting an extension tomorrow? Because, you know, like, I don't know. Here's here's what's going to happen. We're going to go into September. He's going to have a really, really great September where he hits a bunch of home runs and, you know, pops his value up, and Rick's going to hand him a couple extra million dollars than he probably deserves on the open market. That's what's going to happen because that's what Jose Abreu does almost every year is pads the stats in garbage time. Um that's just my thoughts. I'm I'm pretty angry right now, Johnny. Gratefully um, so, yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see I don't know, maybe the guy that's destroying baseballs down in triple A on this team in, in center field. Um I don't know. That might help. Service time, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm on the call up Robert train as well. Um, I'd love to see him here. Kid's a freak athlete. Um, Andrew Kinsler and I were talking tonight about how, um, you know, it, this slump. And I, I, like I said, I, I will take a step back. It's only been a couple of games. But when you just see Eloy strike out consistently and it's just, man, it, you want to see him figure it out. He's supposed to be one of your young studs. Um, 
you know, we've been looking for a surefire piece, um, a surefire. This guy is going to come up and uh, be a stud, be live up to that hype of their prospect ranking of their tools. Um, and it's, you know, it's just not there so far. I know you always had some injuries uh, still adjusting, but I, I would hope that a Luis Robert type would be the one um, because he, he can make up in a couple of different areas. Obviously we know the power we've seen all the home runs at both double a and at triple a now but he's got speed so he can do it on the base paths um he's got a solid glove he can do it in the outfield um great range so uh that's you know he's kind of like the complete package one whereas Eloy was just the bat and then anything he gives you on defense if it's positive then that's just a nice bonus but um yeah i want to see luis robert uh I, i think the front office will call us fans impatient um but what what else what else does he have to prove? Um, it was kind of like that with Eloy last year. Hey, maybe Eloy's hitting a little better right now if he was called up at some point last year. Uh, yeah, know. I mean, do we want to watch Robert do the same thing that Eloy's done this year and struggle at times in the major league level? When, you know, you, you punted on trading all of these players because, you know, the front office believes in 2020. Why not get this stuff out of the way right now? I, I want to see them let Robert come up for the rest of this year, do what he needs to do, so that, you know, maybe by July next year, he's kind of figured out major league pitching. You know, and that, that might help instead of sometime in 2021 because the excuses next year will be, oh, well, it was uh, Robert's first first season up. And, you know, hell, you know, I've been, I've been, a, I've been, a you know, pretty uh hard on nick magical we see teams go from calling a a a pretty decent player up from double a straight to the major leagues bring him up too bring them both up you know you really want to you want to show some faith in these guys bring them up now you want 2020 to be the year bring those guys up now i know that they just moved magical to triple a but but why why johnny so he could sit there for a year and a half you know it's going to be, you know, that was Luis Roberts' first year. Then that next year, it's going to be, well, that was the first full year for Madrigal. And then it's going to be, well, this was the first full year for Andrew Vaughn. And now, all of a sudden, it's going to be, Yohan Moncada needs a contract extension, and we're still, we're still trying to enter the, the competitive window because it was guys' first full years. It, it just doesn't seem like the wave of talent was planned to be very consistently, you know, it, it, one's arriving each year, and you, you yeah. can't have that. It it needs to arrive in a wave, and I just don't see those waves being, you know, these big tidal waves. They're more like little choppy waves, one by one by one, where if, you know, one of them misses, all of a sudden you can't gain any momentum. The surf ain't great, Johnny. Make <laughs> it for a new beach. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put it, Tony. Um, I mean, you, I think you stole my thoughts on the uh, minor league situation with those guys. I mean, I, I just look around the league and it's easy to get jealous uh, just looking at other teams. And you don't you don't understand their struggles on a day to day basis because we don't follow them as closely as we do the White Sox. But I see a, um, I see a report that the Padres are calling up some two young studs from straight from double A to the show. And all their fans, and you know, I just go and look at their replies, and all their fans are ecstatic. You know, the Padres are competing this year, but they're like, yes, can't wait to see these guys. Uh, it's about time, like, you know, these guys are really highly rated. Uh, we've been, you know, 
given this promise of these guys, and then we finally get to see them. They're satisfied. We're not. We we, uh, we get to uh, what look at crappy quality videos from Charlotte's ballpark. Um, yeah, that's fun. Let's see it on the south side. Well, here's my only contention point about not calling them up. I don't want Luis Robert working with Todd Steverson <laughs> because he's not a good hitting coach. Is the player development staff that much better though, Tony? I don't I don't know. That's that's <laughs> That's a, that's a whole I don't even know. Topic. Like, you know, it's a whole other topic for another night. I, I, f- I feel like we could totally go down a rabbit hole with that because do you trust them to develop in the minors or do you hand them to this major league staff that has its own question marks? I don't know. I, don't, I, I really don't. Um, and again, it's not 100% on either coaching staff. There's player work ethic. There's There's natural talent. There's, you know, figuring your own way out of slumps. There's talking to your teammates. There's going back to all the resources that a player has at their disposal. You see these guys go work out and and talk to their old coaches. I mean, Lucas Giolito, prime example, uh, going back to his it was a high school pitching coach um, to fix himself over the offseason. So, I mean, you you, it's not all just on one guy, but, you know, you start reading some of these, you know, hitting numbers. And you start to wonder how guys like Steverson still have a job in the major leagues. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but again, I think the point is I'd probably rather see Robert, maybe even Madrigal, you know, screw it. Get a few of these other guys up here sooner rather than later. And let's see what they have. If you're not worried about winning at the major league level right now, what I don't really get the problem. I'm kind of getting tired of the whole let them develop thing when other teams around the league seem to be taking gambles on these guys up at the major league level. You can send them down. If he looks overmatched the first two weeks that he's here, send him down. But I think that, you know, the, the they're trying to play these games with the service clock too at the same point in time. And I think that's the frustrating part is with some of these guys, it's not even just their talent. It's that they're trying to play the games with the service clock and force guys into signing extensions like they did with Eloy. And that's, it's a little disheartening because as I said the other day, you know, I've already calculated one year of this whole entire thing wasted because we're going to go to, we're going to go into strike mode and it's going to be sad. It's going to be really sad. And, you know, if, if our ball club is one of the teams that pushes it that way, which Jerry has done in the past, um, you know, it's 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 shooting yourself in the foot, man. I, I don't like it. Nope, me either. Um, Tony, that's uh, I mean, we could easily, like you had said, go down multiple rabbit holes there on these different topics. Um, I, I think I got to bring it back. You, you made a lot of good points there. Um, I made a few in there as well, but um, I will just be breathing hot air here if I uh, continue on them. So uh, let's bring it back. Uh, let's look forward to this uh, series finale against the Mets. It's another cease day. Uh, Dylan Cease will take the mound, a one ten start for the series finale uh, travel day for the Mets leaving town. Um, so Dylan Cease for the White Sox. He's won three, 6.86 ERA, 21 strikeouts on the season so far. 
He's going up against Zach Wheeler, who is seven and six, four seven one ERA, 137 strikeouts on the year. Uh, I think Cease is pitched better than that ERA indicates, Tony. Yeah, you know what? He's getting he's getting killed in that second inning, um, or even the first inning. But you know, he he tends to settle down a little bit once once he gives up whatever blip that is. I want to see him have his first start and get through whatever rough, rough patch without too much damage. Um, it seems like when the floodgates open on Cease, the floodgates stay open for whatever inning that is until he can kind of figure it out. Um, but his command has gotten slightly better. He uh, He's just got some really raw stuff, and that's what it looks like to me. It's just pure raw stuff that I think plays very well at this level. Um I don't know what it's going to take to kind of figure that out, but I, I feel like if he can get through a third inning without giving up a run, it's going to do wonders for this kid's confidence. Um, and, and again, uh, we saw this with Lucas Giolito last year. I think confidence is a big factor for some of these kids. They need to experience that success. And I, I think Cease has some level of that with just, you know, uh, how he's pitched later into some of these games. But I really, I really think Johnny, if he can get a good quality start underneath his belt, um, he can he can use that to to build off of, and kind of put together an impressive campaign uh, to finish out this year. Um, you know, he he's one of the reasons to uh, to stick around and watch this team, even if things go really bad over the next few months. Um, you know, we're we're getting into August. It's August now, man. Uh, as we record this, we got two months left of baseball. Um, which is weird to say, but um, Dylan Cease, you got to imagine at some point in September, they'll probably shut him down. Probably about a month and a half left of watching him pitch. Uh, I'd like to see him get at least three, four quality starts in a row to jump into 2020 um, with some positivity underneath the belt. And I think he can start that right now. If he can get through this Mets lineup, Uh, they haven't really scored a ton of runs against us. It's all come late. Uh, this is a prime opportunity for him to jump out there, go five, six innings, give up under two runs. And I think, like I said, that'll be a huge confidence boost for this kid. I think it's a great opportunity for Dylan Cease as well. Uh, you had mentioned that. That's another great point that um, most of these runs are coming later in ball games. Uh, they're only Nick and the starter for one or two. So yep. um, hopefully Dylan Cease can continue that pattern and the bullpen can please lock one down for him tomorrow. Um, I think you're spot on with the confidence point there. Uh, these kids, you know, they're, they're still kids. Uh, Dylan Cease is younger than both of us, Tony. Um, he, uh, you gotta have a little bit of, you know, success, taste it, uh, get that, you know, know how that feels to really get the ball rolling. Like you had mentioned, uh, I would love to see that stretch of a three, four quality starts here. Uh, in a row, and tomorrow is a great place to start it. Uh, the Mets lineup is not completely overwhelming. Um, Pete Alonso is a solid, you know, he's a rookie stud, but he's cooled off ever since the All-Star break. Um, other than that, I mean, Todd Frazier can take one deep every once in a while. Uh, Robinson Cano is, a, you know, kind of a washed-up vet, I would say. So uh, you, do, you don't really see a huge, massive bat that's going to uh, change the course of a game with one swing. At least I don't really. 
uh, Tony. So I think avoiding that big inning will be huge for Cease. Um, obviously, you'd mentioned it seems to come in bunches uh, when they come against him, and then he settles down and uses that stuff. Uh, it's not like he loses the stuff, really. It's a matter of locating it um, and some inopportune plays in the field behind him, too. Um, that happened a lot in the Kansas City series. But, um, you know, the, the curveball is nasty. You talked about stuff. I, I love a good curveball like that. It, it's not exactly a 12-6, but it has that kind of feel, like a vintage kind of Adam Wainwright, um, not not as heavy, but you know what I'm talking about. Just I feel like we haven't had a pitcher with a true curveball. It's a lot of sliders, change-ups for yeah. your off-speed side. Uh, from the guys that we've had, you know, like Rodon's a big slider-cutter guy. So um, I, uh, I'm going to be at the ballpark. I believe you are too. So um, I really want to see a solid outing from cease and let's for the love of god get him some runs wake up bats it's not july anymore you can forget forget about the horrid month fresh start whatever you want to do to change your mindset um let's get back into it day game ball should be jumping a little bit let's uh i want timmy to actually take a step up i I know it's only going to be third game back here but uh he we had talked about him being the spark the emotional leader whatever you want to call it the fire Let's actually see that in play on the field. Yeah, you know what? Um, going back to the the cease curveball, I think that's as close to a 12-6 traditional hammer as you're going to see around right now. Um, he throws it. He's one of the only ones on the White Sox staff that's going to throw that pitch. Um, and, you know, there's there's something about being the only guy on a staff that's that's utilizing that pitch type because you don't really have anybody else out there uh, with you to kind of hone that. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch what the White Sox actually do with that curve. But, man, I do love it, just like you said. Um, and something interesting, too, is, you know, you, you, you talk about guys' curveballs looking like sliders. I think it was actually Trevor Bauer that said it the other day. I think he went on a little bit of a Twitter um, explanation. This was, like, about a week ago. And he said pitch labels don't matter anymore because guys are going to call, you know, their pitches whatever they want to. Um, and I really found that interesting when I dug into it. You know, what one guy calls a curveball, another guy could have the same grip and throw it and call it a slider. Um, you know, all this, those things are arbitrary. But, you know, when you, you look at Dylan Cease's curveball, you know that's a curveball. And and I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get out to the ballpark tomorrow. I want to see a win. We haven't seen one since uh, I think it was that Monday night that we were there last week. Um, been to the ballpark a few times in between there. And it gets kind of frustrating when you walk out of there uh, a few times in a row. You know, just not seeing any fireworks, man. I like my fireworks. I want some fireworks. So I'm hoping I to agree. walk out tomorrow, even during the day. I want to hear some fireworks when I walk out of the ballpark. That's that's what makes me happy, Johnny. I yeah, I love happy. I love my music. I want to hear some Sweet Home Chicago walking onto the ballpark. Um, you know, that's stuff that you miss because, eh, you know, all those things just build up and signify a White Sox win, all of them. Uh, get all of your stimulus there. So um, let's get into a pick to click. Uh, who, who are you rolling with? Uh, pick to click. That's going to be tough here. Um, I think picking a pick to click is almost tougher than doing the uh, the at second city picks final score at this point in time because yep. you know it, I I feel like picking one of these guys out of the nine is 
is just way too hard. Although I, I wanted to ask you, does my Lure Garcia garbage time home run count? Is that yeah, who I had yesterday? Because who else sure. did any? Because who else did anything? Okay, so garbage <laughs> time home runs count here. Uh, that's good to know. Let's go with um. Hmm. Ah. I want to say Ryan Goins, but I wonder if he'll probably be in the lineup. Let's go Goins. I don't know. I don't think I picked him at all. Um, he's hitting like 324 or something stupid. Uh, small sample size theater. Uh, I love it. Let's let's go Ryan Goins. You you stole mine, uh, Ryan Goins. Now, I, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson again. I know I went with him for today's game, but... Uh, it's time. I'm just going to try and speak it into existence here, Tony. It's time. Let's see the fire, see the spark, uh, whatever it is, whatever we're going to call Tim Anderson here. Um, I've been, you know, a little bit tough on him. Um, I, I know the average, the numbers are still there, but uh, I feel like he's very streaky. Um, let's start one of those hot streaks again. That, that's all I want to see from Tim Anderson tomorrow. And for him, all that has to be, it could be a one-hit game, but as long as it's a dinger, uh, as long as it's an RBI double, that's going to get him fired up and he'll be getting the dugout fired up in turn. Yeah, so. I, dude, there's been a lack of like Tim Anderson energy since he came back. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I know it's only been two games, but like, where's the TA energy? Haven't seen any of it. Um, I want to get back to bat flips are cool and tough territory with Tim Anderson and kind of feel that love. I want, I want to see shy socks, John with his Timmy tweet. Yes. You know, I want to I want to hear I want to see some Timmy you so nice tweets from from Shy Sox Janda. I, I, it's been way too long, man. Way too long. Um, yeah. So hopefully you've spoken it into existence at that point in time. But uh, let's talk about our other picks at Second City Picks. Go ahead, Johnny. Yeah. So Second City Picks tonight was a Cubs Cardinals one. So I, I was hoping that uh, the Cardinals would uh, bring me home a winner tonight tony but uh unfortunately the north siders were able to sneak out of there with a win um so second city picks secondcitypicks.com you can go literally all you have to do is predict the score of a white Sox cubs game uh when the white Sox have been off cubs were off the other day uh they ran a charlotte knights one it's super easy you enter what your prediction for the final score is white Sox opposing team and then the tiebreaker will be the, usually the number of white Sox hit you enter your email they send you your receipt that says, yes, this is your uh, pick. And if you get it right, you win a free gift card. No strings attached. That's it. Uh, super simple. Secondcitypicks.com at Second City Picks on Twitter. Uh, go follow them. Get yourself some free food. I mean, we're, we're giving this stuff away for you guys. Um, it really is that simple. Yeah, no strings attached, and that's the best part. Um, I haven't won any free food yet. I, I think I think we've had a few people around that we know have won some free food. Uh Again, no strings attached. Just go make your picks. They've made it even easier for you. Uh, right now, they're running it where all you have to do is just reply to their tweet with the score of the game, put in that tiebreaker, and that's all you got to do. You don't even have to go to the website right now, Johnny. All you got to do is just put your put your your final score in the tweet replies to at Second City Picks, and that's it. You can win a gift card. What else do you want? Nobody else is doing this for you. Just these I'm guys. I'm telling you, I am going to get that Chipotle, Tony. I'm going to keep hammering it. I am going to get it. So try and beat me to it. I dare you. I, I will. I will. Um, excellent stuff. Now, one other thing I wanted to get to tonight. One other thing. And that's Ron Luce trying to climb the From the 108 leaderboard in the Wednesday Wiener competition. 
This man's an animal, Johnny. Our own Four Feathers co-host, a Cubs on Tap co-host, out in the south side. I think he did 14 dogs tonight. He did like 16 the other day. That guy's an animal. Can he beat all of the rest of the on tap crew in a hot dog eating competition? Wow. All right. So you're putting me on the spot here. One, I will say uh, Ron Luce can uh, put him down. I've seen it in person. Um, I've seen it from his performances. He was on the leaderboard, got knocked off for missing a game last Wednesday where a lot of other people um, had climbed that with some impressive performances of their own. But uh, Ron can put him down, like you said. I, I did not see that the total was 14. Um, I think I saw it last when I checked. He was at uh, six or seven. Um, but uh, I believe it uh, doesn't cross. Uh, doesn't uh, make me doubt it at all. Um, take your word for it. And uh, I would say, to be honest with you, Tony, I think he will. Even as a Cubs fan, uh, he likes to venture his way down to the south side. I think uh, you and me know that he's probably a Sox fan at heart. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So uh, I think he can do it. We haven't seen Shy Sox Janda out at a uh, Dollar Dog Wednesday in a while. Um, Andrew Kinsler is just starting up a new gig. So he may be out of commission for some of these. Uh, I would say, yeah, if I was going to have to put money on it, Ron would be our leader for on tap sports at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm 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 putting my stock in, in Ron, uh, you know, winding up somewhere in, in one of those top spots. I'm, I, I haven't I haven't talked to him about his schedule yet. But this guy, man, he's he's put on a performance this year that I think warrants, you know, some attention because when we came into this this season, you know, I didn't really know that the 108 leaderboard would be a thing. Um, I know you or I, you and I have never really uh, bragged about our competitive eating. Um, just not one of my things. Uh, you know, I had a funnel cake when I was at the ballpark uh, last night. I was barely able to put that whole thing away. Um, just eating is not my thing. Uh Drinking beers might be, but Ron, man, for all the talk that we've had in our group chats, you know, we've heard, we've heard DJ, we've heard Kinsler, we've heard Jonda, we've heard all these guys talk about how much they can eat. And Ron Luce just comes out of nowhere, silently shows up to one game, puts down 15, 16 hot dogs, and then goes and repeats that performance just a little bit off. He is like the home run derby Hot dog. <laughs> yes. That's yes. what I, you know, like it's a home run derby. He's round two and he's kind of on pace. <laughs> you know, he's kind of like the Vlad Jr. of hot. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm expecting him to continue this pace. Um, you know, if he gets out to, I don't know how many more dollar dog nights or days we have, but you know, he continues this pace. I'd like to see him up there in the top spots. I know there's a, a, a few guys who've been there, but if, if you're going on a per game average, you know, he's got to be up there with the, with the best of them. I really like what I see out of him. I'm hoping next year uh, we can get him out to almost every Wednesday yeah. game and see what kind of damage he can yeah. do. So, so I just did a quick little look, Tony. There are four more opportunities. One of them is a day game. I would doubt that Ron would be able to make that. But those three night, three other ones are night games. Um, I do believe Ron could absolutely uh, go to work uh, okay. on those nights. All right, so we can starve Ron for like a day before one of those and see if he can do like, you know, 20, 30, 30 dogs in one night. I think that'd be really impressive. He might go into a coma or have a heart attack at the end of it. Um, good thing ONTAP has great medical coverage. We're looking for people. If you want to work for ONTAP, great medical coverage. Not really. <laughs> um, 
that's all I've got for you, Johnny. Uh, it was, it was, a. I had to, you know, end this show on a little bit of a lighter note because man, it's just been, it's been hard times around here. And, uh, you know, talking about this team day in, day out can get a little bit, uh, it can start to mess with your, your head a little bit. So, um, you know, always, always glad that, uh, that the 108 guys can kind of, you know, switch things up for everybody and, and, uh, and make this stuff fun. So we appreciate what they do. Uh, other than that, man, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, we're walking out to some fireworks tomorrow. Uh, that's all I've got. How about you? My last words, new month, new mindset. It's August, wipe July out of your memory. It was bad. We know it. I gave all of those uh, stabs to Tony's uh, chest and stomach earlier with those numbers that I presented. Uh, let's leave that in the past. Uh, I'm going to act like I'm the uh, bench coach here. Let, leave it behind. Uh, tomorrow's a new day. Uh, tomorrow's a new month, actually. So well, let's just go get after them. Uh, you got a winnable ball game. The Mets, I know they've been on a nice little street stretch as of late, um, but you, you don't want to go and get swept by the Mets, and then you're going to play the Phillies, a team that is you know trying to compete really uh, closely for a wild card spot out there in the East. Uh, these interleague games are fun, but they are miserable when you lose them. So um, the, let's just start August off on the right foot. Uh, Cease day, I think it's a good possibility, Tony. Um, uh, we're going to bring the good juju to the ballpark tomorrow. So that's all I've got. Let's go White Sox. Let's go Sox. Let's go Sox.